inaugural edition of the Red Reporter Podcast. Um, I'm BK. I, along with me is Scott, known as Fordham Ram. Yes, uh, this is going to get very interesting as we may go back and forth between our nicknames or Red Reporter handles and our actual names. As we tend to do. Yep. Yeah. And joining us um, all the way from the Netherlands today is Asher, known as Cy Shurek on the site. Asher, how's it going? Hi, it's going pretty good. Waving, um, waving doesn't really do any good on the audio format, man. Yeah, we've got uh, Asher <laughs> going uh, uh, live to us from Skype right now, and he's sending <laughs> us some uh, you know, visual messages that, frankly, do not translate very well to to audio. It's not worth. But hey, as long as as long as everything uh, gets recorded, we've been working the last uh, five ten minutes to get all the kinks out. So. Uh, let's, let's knock this out. So let's talk about the Cincinnati Reds. That's what, um, we're here for. Tough day today. Tough. We're recording this on Sunday night, um, right after the Philly series. Um, the disappointing Chapman blown save. Homer Bailey pitched really well today. And, and if this is found at a time capsule at all, it is, uh, May 19th, 2013. Right. So that could come in handy. Yeah, you get to know. Um, yeah, really let Freddie Glavis beat us that game. Wish they, yeah, yeah that's what they tell you not to do. <laughs> that's uh, that's, what, that's what they say. Really good catches at third base, and uh, that was just awful. That's <laughs> uh, what they say when you play the Phillies. Don't let Freddie Galvis beat you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Eric Kr- Eric Kratz is that the Kratz, other guy? Kratz. I don't. Yeah. Lenny Kravitz. I, I don't think I can name half the Phillies roster right now. Yeah. I think they were all backing on uh, Lenny Kravitz's album. Yeah. Back when he was married to Lisa Bonet, was it? Yeah. Why is Lenny Kravitz hitting home runs off of us? Yeah. Off of the role as Chapman, of all people. But it's a tough way to go out. Looked like the Reds had this series, especially after last night or yesterday's game, which was pretty successful. 10 nothing win. Yeah. I, I did a little uh, stat digging of my own. And by stat yeah. digging, I mean... Uh, I looked at the Reds' results of the past two months, and they are <laughs> one in five in games immediately following uh, victories of nine runs or greater. That so would help explain it. They are not very clutch. They need to score less runs. <laughs> that is their problem. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. I remember Bob Brandley always his, when he was the uh, WGN guy. He always score, you know, save for tomorrow. And the Reds apparently should have followed Bob Brandley's advice. Um, the only time you'll hear me say that probably <laughs> the uh, entire time this podcast will run. But yeah, it's save it for tomorrow, save they, it for marriage. Yeah, Bob, Bob probably knows what he's talking about. I'm telling you. So uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's go on. Let's forget about this series for now. Let's talk there about are good the, things in the series. I mean, I mean, it it was, but I mean, what what happened Friday? Friday was disappointing. Right. Friday was disappointing. They lost on Friday. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, you know. But you're going to lose to Quickly every so often. And, you know, that was that was Tony Singrani's kind of chance to, you know, go on the road and beat a team that the Reds really have a lot of trouble beating on the road. Hey, he kept them in and the ball he was, game. He was all right. Um, Good thing they're awful and we got yeah. them and we'll face them in October. Right. Okay. So. Yeah. Exactly. We don't have we don't have to see Cliff Lee again unless he gets traded. Unless, he gets traded, like unless, he unless the Cardinals trade for him, in which case I won't hell, won't be happy. So let's oh, yeah, okay. let's talk about uh, our first topic today is uh, the bullpen. I mean, obviously the bullpen's been disappointing the last couple of days. We have a couple of guys in the DL, like Manny Parra's on the DL. What's his future with the club? Is he coming back up when he's ready to go? Well, I just saw he's had two appearances in Double A, and right. he's gone three innings, uh, what three innings, three hits, four strikeouts, no walks, no runs, no anything else. So, so he's tearing up Double A. Uh, it's a proud day to be a Blue Wahoo. Right, and yeah. you know, if they decide that they need that extra arm down there, which you know, I personally I don't know if he's better than any of the choices we have, but. You know, you're already paying the guy. What he's on a two-year deal, I believe. You're paying the guy to, 
you know, rehab in double A, at some point, you know, you're going to have to put him back on the roster. Manny Parra isn't being paid to pitch in double A in rehab. Exactly. I don't think he's got a two-year. Yeah, he's a one-year contract. Is it one contract, year? One so. year, two million, though, right? Man, I'm not going to thought it was like the 2.1 million or so. I'm on Cott's contracts. It says one year, one million. I know, um, I know he was making at least one million this year. Maybe he had, does he have an option for next year? Do you see that? Um, I think this is his sixth year of service, so no. Oh. Not according to contract, cost contracts, well, which is not. That's, uh, that's, hey, that's we've got a 10 point citation, hey, we'll, man. we'll take that. The, the point still stands. He needs, you know, we, they need to make a decision with him whether yeah. to keep him on the team or to, you know, DFA him. Would this be a case where they would carry an extra pitcher when they need to bring him back? I mean, has any of the current bullpen guys really earned a demotion at this point? Well, I think if you ask some people, they will say Logan Andrews because they're in a demotion just based on his K through nine innings. But that may not yeah. necessarily be the case because he's pitched fairly well in his recent outings. Yeah, I I think he's been solid lately. You know, I you know, even though JJ Hoover has his has his struggles from time to time, I think he's a valuable member of the bullpen, especially with you know, lately with Broxton not pitching well, you know, it might be time to give JJ Hoover, you know, another an, a look at that setup spot, that eighth inning. Oh, give it to Sam the man. Let JJ do his uh, oh, that's, his that's, run time. That's true. Yeah, I mean, we're we're not even considering uh, moving Sam out. Sam McKeon has been he's great. He's doing that kind of sixth inning, seventh inning. I don't know. I, I like where he is. Yeah, he's he's the fireman right now, and he's pitching like it. So yeah, yeah, I think that's working out pretty well. Um, yeah, I don't know if really I don't know if this team's dying for another bullpen arm. Is the you know the rotation going six seven innings every night? You really don't need that many dudes in there. I don't think. Right. Um, but I don't really see who to drop for Kara. Yeah, it's it's um, going to be an interesting decision once they come to it, and it's something that I don't think anyone's really talking about yet. But well, if you recall when we when I guess Paro was originally demoted, they didn't bring up another arm. Mm-hmm. They brought up Donald Lutz and uh, they either brought up Lutz or Robert Robinson. They brought up Lutz at that point. Okay, they brought up Lutz at that point. So it may be getting to the point where you know if uh, Walt wants to make a move, he may look at bringing somebody back down from the outfield to triple A or to double A. Yeah, I mean, I think the way it's composed right now, I think it's it's good how it is. You know, I like, I, I like obviously, we're biased at Red Reporter to Donald Lutz quite a bit, but, you know, I, I like having him doing what he's doing. You know, he's been great in that bench spot as has Derek Robinson who really no one expected anything of just kind of as a stopgap when Ryan Ludwig went down Derek Robinson has surpassed any expectation the guy has been a pretty good pinch hitter can play some defense in the outfield can steal some bases yeah, he may be really the only emergency guy off the bench that can play center if something were to happen yeah. I guess to both Chu and or Bruce but Right, I'd I'd rather have Robinson there than than Xavier Bruce Paul. than Xavier Paul. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Paul's not a great defender, and Paul and Lutz are kind of I like Lutz. I don't know much of anyone, but I like him a whole heck of a lot. But him and Paul are kind of bring you the same thing. Off, they're the left-handed guy. The to, to an extent, yeah, you you do kind of see that there's a little bit of redundancy there. Yeah, you know they're they're both you know decent on the base paths. They're, neither of them are great on defense. Both of them can hit. I mean, Lutz can maybe hit for a little bit more power than Paul, but, yeah, but Paul's, Paul's probably a little bit more walks, consistent. Which yeah, he used 15 walks and 13 strikeouts, I think, after today's game. Which uh, yeah, it's Ryan Hagen with power right now, which yeah. is great. Which, I'll you know, yeah. ride that while you can. I I'll take so. it exactly. Ride the ride the hot hand at this point. I know Dusty's giving him a little bit more time too, so. Yeah, but you know all this talk kind of brings us to the next question. You know what? Do, what happens with Jose Arredondo? You know, Jose Arredondo has shown himself to be a pretty decent major league reliever, and was kind of surprised. You know, I was surprised to see him go to yeah. AAA to start this year. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, I was uh, also surprised that it looked like they went with Manny Parra over him. Right. You know, just based on, uh, I guess, uh, Arredondo's uh, track record with the team. Now, his stats at AAA, you know, aren't that impressive, just, you know, if you take it as a as a whole. But, you know, it looks like he's been riding a bit of a hot streak recently. Right. Which, he's, uh, he's been a lot better lately. I think he's striking out more guys. He's, I mean, his strikeout... His strikeout innings pitched right now. He's got 35 strikeouts to 21 innings in AAA yeah. right now, which you could do a lot worse than uh, Jose Arredondo in the Reds bullpen right now. And he's he's got good stuff. He's always shown that. Um, I wouldn't have any problem bringing him back at some point, but you know, it's there's just not enough room at the end for all these guys. And they need to expand the rosters. <laughs> yeah, can we uh, expand to 40 men rosters in uh, May? Absolutely. Yeah, every yeah. day should we, be doubleheader. Yeah, yeah let's, let's get let's, the baseball. Let's get, let's get the players' <laughs> union on that and yeah. champion that. Let's talk to Bud about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, Aaron Don. I, I love Aaron Dono's AAA line of five hits per nine and eight walks per nine. Is right. Kind of probably the most frustrating thing ever. I would imagine for is that Riggleman? Who's the AAA Rig- manager? It's Riggleman yeah. now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so he's not really providing that better leadership. I don't think that uh, they wanted out of that bullpen. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's got a live arm. I'm really surprised. I mean, both him and Para. I think teams would take them. Like in terms of Para's time runs out, I think some team would eat him and try him to be a fifth starter if the Reds absolutely can't find a place for him. And right now, I'm not That's seeing a place for any of these guys. Yeah, I on think the roster until someone might get hurt. Until they might send Broxton down, give him one of those like fake injuries. Maybe. Well, right, the, uh, like a Manny Parra injury, because he, yeah. he wasn't hurt either. <laughs> yeah. I like that idea that they might be able to trade him for you know a prospect or something, a little bit down the line. You know, they he or, doesn't really or a right-handed bat off the bench maybe. Just yeah. throwing it out there. You know, he that he could, could he could start for the Astros. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Sure. He could he could be a Marlin. I, I think half, I of, no half the Dayton roster could probably start for the Astros at this point. The new move, obviously, the other day was that uh, taking Cueto off the DL, he's going to start tomorrow's game, which, depending on your listening to this, may have already happened. It uh, probably Monday's will game. have already happened because, you know, there are edits that will be involved <laughs> that may take time, depending on how much uh, profanity we uh, inadvertently use over the next uh, <laughs> couple minutes. Yeah. But um, part of that was the decision to send Tony Singrani back down to AAA and to keep Mike Leake, who, you know, definitely there, there was a case either way, I think. You know, Leake has been okay, but, you know, I think Singrani overall has probably pitched better than Mike Leake has and has shown that, you know, you you trust him a little bit more in a game just with what he brings to the table with the strikeouts. You know, he relies a little bit less on luck, I think. But my problem with him is that, you know, he relies instead of on luck on his fastball. And that really only takes you so far. Get to the point where maybe, you know, you're throwing off-speed pitches maybe 20% of the time. That's something that, you know, we could look at and suggest that maybe you actually are ready to start consistently on a major league level, but I don't think Singrani's right. shown that yet. Leak, you're going to white knuckle it from time to time because you know he doesn't have overpowering stuff and he relies right. mainly on deception and he doesn't have the veterany presence. Yeah, Leak well, throws Arroyo a lot of has right he now. throws a lot of breaking balls. He pitches the contact a lot, and you know you're. You're kind of playing with fire there a little bit, but who was the Reds pitching coach that used to preach the pitch the contact about a decade ago? Is that uh, was it Don Gullett? Gullett or Pohl? Yeah, I think it was. It was oh, that after, was no, it was that was for Gullett. It was Dick Pohl. It was Dick Pohl. Was there something between the two that I'm yeah, that was yeah. that was Dick Pohl. Dick Pohl was all pitch the contact. Pitch all to about contact. Dick, all about Dick Pohl, the greatest <laughs> name in Reds history. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> John John Kutlangus might have something to say. John Kutlangus. Well, John Kutlangus was a uh, protege of Dick Paul. You can't get good Kutlangus without Dick Paul. You know. (laughs) Right. 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 The league's been better statistically. You know, betting with statistics, whatever. It was past six starts in Synchrony, and league. You know, league is a known quantity. 
It's true. Yeah, I think Ronnie can work on that off-speed stuff you guys are talking about right. in AAA. And right, that's I think that's what it comes down to for me too. Yeah. That you know, if you were to send Leak down to AAA, I don't think there's much that he can work on down there. I mean, he's not going to develop new pitches. You know, he's been he's been a big leaguer for this is what his fourth season. Fourth? Yeah. So you know, there's not he's not he is what he is at this point. He's not yeah. developing like Sangrani is. So yeah. I I'm okay with the decision. I think that you know, working down there with um, pitching coach. Well, regardless of who their pitching coach is, I think it's really great to have a young, <laughs> pitch, yeah. have a young guy like Singrani work with Jim Briggleman, who has worked with young pitchers like Kerry Wood and Mark Pryor. And, oh, oh, thanks. Oh. oh, thanks, Scott. Oh, thanks for going there, Scott. <sighs> well, moving on. I guess I'll, uh, back in September and in case the Reds need another shutdown left the arm in the pen he'll be there and when the Reds need a six pitcher again he'll be there and he yeah I just he gives up too many home runs I think I read some like 10 of his 12 earned runs this year have been off of home runs and he's just trying to live up in the zone with the fastball and he'll get bits in time right so and on the question as Riz says what off-speed pitch will he develop right and he's throwing sliders and changes he's got to have some sort of like sinker like Right, something, something to soft bat to get some ground balls because he's not getting ground balls. Right, it may just be easy for him to try to develop maybe a splitter, just yeah. because that's something that you can quickly learn, and mm-hmm. or at least according to Homer, he picked it up as soon as he stopped getting the red light on developing a split finger. Right, you know, so that's possibly you know another route that he may, they may take to get him up here quicker and be as effective as he needs to be. Right, I mean, really, what he needs to concentrate on is keeping the ball down and mixing it up a little bit. So yeah. you, because he's going to run into that problem where once the league sees his fastball enough, they're going to be able to pick it up and he's going to get knocked around if he doesn't have something else to, to go to. Kind of like what happened today with the world is Chapman. Basically. Thanks. Yeah. Man, you're you just could, full of laughs today. Aren't it's, you? it's yeah. not a bad point though. I mean, yeah. you could yeah, pretty much, couldn't you just uh, substitute Tony Singrani with Aroldis Chapman and for this whole last conversation? Relies on the fastball? <laughs> you could, and we will be able to use this footage next year when we talk about Chapman going into the rotation again and relitigate that issue. Absolutely. Right. You guys are forgetting how cool it was to see Tony Singrani just like with Bryce Harper on a high fastball and like three straight at bats, which is like the coolest thing. So, oh yeah. yeah! Oh, I was like, I was not, at that game. That was that was, that was awesome. Well, yeah, it's it's always encouraging too. Like when that guy's on, I'm not sure there's that there's too many more Reds pitchers that I like watching more than Tony Singrani when he's you know in the double digits as far as strikeouts go. Yeah. You know. But yeah. let's let's lighten it up a bit. Um, you know, let's let's it's summertime. You know, it's right around the bend. It was a beautiful day in Cincinnati. How's the how's the weather in Holland today? Oh, it's awful. Really? Just it, I've been wearing. It's like fifty degrees and raining every day. Oh, that's that's unfortunate. It was uh, <laughs> it was like seventy five and sunny today. Yeah, yeah I was going to go to a baseball game yesterday, but it was canceled uh, because of rain, which was uh, it didn't even rain actually. But they were just uh, too nervous, I guess. Do they do they not have tarps in Holland? They can't they can't cover the field. They. Dude, I don't really know. But maybe they're the, just they're just a little bit more cautious about it. I mean, the whole country's below sea level, I guess. If it rains, maybe just the entire just gets all marshy. Maybe. Oh yeah, I don't know. It's, it's true. I bet I, I bet they don't have the same uh, state of the art filtration filtration system that a uh, Great American Ballpark has. Yeah. Or I mean, the same state from, of the art filtration system that Elder High School has. Right. Yeah, like judging from my limited experience with Hogfall, it's definitely not a multi-million dollar sort of entertainment uh, option. It is dudes playing baseball at a concrete field. So right, but hey, I mean, you've you've got to go to a couple of games so far. I mean, what do you what do you think of the experience? I know you wrote you wrote a good piece for us about it. Oh, thank you. You know, um, um, but you know, how how let's hear the firsthand experience of. Uh, 
of watching a live baseball game in the Netherlands? I mean, $2 beers are pretty cool, so let's focus on that. Let's focus on the positives here. Um, $2 you know beers that. are pretty sweet. Um, having, like, just a cool... It turned out actually went to this game. There's a kennel right next to the, do- the ballpark, so these mm-hmm. dogs are kind of freaking out. There's some cool dogs there, too. Some good dogs. Uh, low egg Dayton level play, I would say. Okay. So, Houston Astros level play, pretty much. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, it's good. Enron, Enron, Minute Maid, where are they playing now? Wherever. That, that place, Houston. Um, but it was, it's good. It's cheap beer, and they have Wi-Fi at the ballpark, so you can just kind of good entertainment. I mean, yeah, from what it sounds like, it sounds a lot like just the experience of going to a minor league game here, which, yeah. hey, you know, cool. it's, it's a nice change, I think. Yeah. But it's not anything too remarkable. I know um, I was talking to someone, yeah, some people like think of it really exciting and European, some people just like, you know, drinking cappuccinos while watching this very like high tech, <laughs> everyone, you know, dressed right. the nines. No, it's not like that. It's minor league baseball. Right. Which, which is great, which is a great way to spend an afternoon. So. Right. Well, speaking of good ways to spend an afternoon, the next, the next question on our docket, what is the perfect drink? For watching Reds baseball. Well, today Scott, let's, let's go. Let's well, go. Well, today it was probably just you know whiskey with no ice. T- today straight. Today yeah. it was uh, it was probably something something refreshing until the ninth. Yeah, which well, is when you switch to paint thinner at that point. Yeah, I, at at this point probably <laughs> corn whiskey <laughs> probably be the most appropriate. Oh man, corn corn whiskey is god awful. Of course it is. That's a charm. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, yeah, I actually I did uh, some was in Kentucky this weekend doing bourbon distillery tours, and they actually like they'll give you a taste of like the whiskey before it's aged, like the pure, like moonshine, white lightning, white lightning the moonshine type whiskey. <clears throat> oh, that is awful. That is the that is the worst drink. That is so that is what I will nominate for. The ninth inning of today's game. <laughs> and I think Jeffrey Warrior actually has specials at Marlins Ballpark for it now. Right. Uh, Dude, that's, that's just the everyday the white there. lightning bar over on the third base. <laughs> yeah. Clevelander. You were going to say I hardly know it, weren't you? Oh, of course I was. Whiskey would be good for today. It's the end of it. Whiskey's good for most days, I feel like. This is a good, good day drink, I guess. Um, it depends, it depends on who's pitching. Too. <laughs> Depends oh, on no. I don't really have anything uh, clever here. Man, that's a shame. We're disappointed. Well, what, what would you be drinking in Holland? Out of curiosity. Uh, tea, because it's late. Um, right, right. Yeah, man. Don't even get me started. Like Dutch beer is also not really a good time. Um, not like Belgian beer. People do like the Belgian beer style. They really saison the really sweet stuff. But right. But it's also like eight percent, so you can't just like hang out and drink beer. In the face eventually, so also like today's game. Uh, sure. Maybe that would actually be a perfect one for today's game. Here yeah, there you go. You drunk and you realize you can't do anything but lie down at the end of it. Today calls for a double IPA. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. With all these uh, microbrews and ballpark, you guys have been to the ballpark, I'm assuming numerous times by now. Yeah. 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 So the microbrew selection is stepping up. Everything that we hear is. Uh, Dude, every year it seems to get better at Great American Ballpark as far as the selection. The that craft beer stand there, there's always you know a couple of of new ones every year, um, including a couple of new like local brews, which is is nice to see. Yeah. Because you know, we have a, we have a bunch of uh, breweries that are just kind of popping up here, and actually it'd be nice to have Brian on for this one. This yeah. Part, but well, we- I know we'll have to, we'll have to. Love we'll to have him on uh, soon yeah. to have him go over all of them. Yeah. Brian's our uh, he goes by beer expert. Yeah, he's our uh, beer expert at uh, Red Reporter. He, you may know him by his name Dash uh, Man Bear Pig. Um, yeah. Or so you pronounce the dash? Is that how we the dash? I I pronounce the dash because you have to. Yeah. yeah. I just pause a second before I say it. <laughs> Full. Full full stop. Full stop. <laughs> full stop yeah, okay. Just hey, do you guys meet up with Man Bear Pig? Oh no. Yeah, he couldn't make it today. Yeah, we we threw the question out to him, but 
he is actually in the game thread as we speak. What I'm... a jerk. <laughs> what are you, you in the game thread right now? Are you cheating on us, Scott? Are you um, hanging out with other Reds fans? Yeah, you should, uh, what's going on in the game thread? The, uh, retweeter thread's up, too. There doesn't look to be much going on there. No, of course not. No, I, I, do, I was pretty proud by one comment there. I don't know if I have any recs yet, but I was, on this podcast, go over old threads, because that's a really great, awful time filler that's really embarrassing to admit you do, but whatever. Because but that's a I great way to expand our, uh, readership and our listenership, is to talk about inside jokes. I really like your way of thinking, Asher. That's right. That's well, solid, and, man. Well, and, uh, you you might be onto something. I know. I mean, I don't think I am. You know, boobs <laughs> or one of those old guard guys. That's like a thread of your favorite joke that didn't get green. I don't know if you guys have much emotional attachment to these I do. was like, man, that is a good joke. Oh, every every once in a while, I'll, I'm just as guilty as anyone else. I'll go I'll go back through my old comments and be like, oh, we should we should get that, Brendan that on this because I'm sure he can give us the best insight on what is uh, uh, he he could write the how to manual about how to get your comments wrecked on Red Reporter. Speaking of writing books, actually the last time we tried to do this, uh, Brendan was on. But yeah, speaking of speaking of writing books, um, you know we I guess we can plug our friend Joel's book. It's uh, 101 things Reds fans should do and do, know and do before they die. Um, you know, we we had a press conference with Joel the other day that I thought went well. And, and by uh, press conference, we uh, gave him a bunch of questions beforehand, and he typed them out on a sheet of paper. Yeah, you you ruined it. You jokes. ruined the joke. Good lord. Yeah, actually, I I have the book with me right now. It's a uh, it's it's a pretty it's a hundred things. You it's said a pretty, pretty solid read. I know. I keep on thinking it's a hundred and one. Actually, when I first sent the email to Joel about it, he actually corrected me in the email. Well, it's because, because all of those other books that are like that, like all those other lists are like 101. Right. And this I, is 100. And I think the reason me. why Brandon went 101 is because Joel wrote a pretty raunchy personal note to him on the inside, which is right. considered that's, that's the, the other, 101st That's reason. the 101st note. <laughs> uh, yeah. <That's> <laughs> yeah. You should flip to a random page that's not that raunchy one and give us one thing we should do I like or at least the I, raunchy one. You know what? Yeah. I really like that idea. Let's let's yeah. flip to one, because yeah. I, I think uh, we are going to start kind of going through this list on the site, but without um, blatant copyright infringement. Publish this whole in PDF on the site. Yeah, yeah. Let's just let's let's talk to the publisher. We'll get the original manuscript that Joel sent him in, in PDF form. But okay, uh, the random page I flipped to, Dolph Luke, Luke. How do you pronounce L U Q U E? How do you pronounce his name? I don't speak. I've always said Luke in my mind. I've always on the best Reds names list. He was definitely in my mind as Luke. In, in but, case, uh, yeah. Oh, I bless. Yeah, put look look him up uh, on uh, Baseball Ref. Okay, actually, the first thing that comes up is Dolph Lundgren. Um, I don't think that's that's the same guy. Uh, he I'm, was the an early twentieth century Cuban starting pitcher in Major League Baseball. So, obviously, there is much comparison, I imagine, uh, that Joel has put in comparing him to uh, Aroldis Chapman, I, I would assume, perhaps. Um, if not, I'm just speculating at my rear end. He doesn't mention Aroldis Chapman at all in this page. Okay, well, that's Joel? one artistic way of going at it. Come on, Joel. No, um, it... I, I think what Joel tries to get across in this, and you'll have to obviously buy the book to get the full, the full excerpt. But that you know, as far as the integration of the game goes, you know, Dolph Luke was, or Luke was very early on in that. When did he, when did he put the Reds? He was he, in the nineteen nineteen eighteen through nineteen twenty nine. So, so you know back. And back when is, the White Sox were throwing World Series to us, uh, right? This was for the back, you know, what 30, 20, 30 years before Jackie Robinson, even. You know, you had this um, Cuban-born player coming into the major leagues, and really dealing from the dealing with the racism and stuff that comes with that. So, um, in you know, it really kind of paved the way to, you know, the Reds actually have a pretty storied history of uh, Cuban baseball players with, from, you know, starting to, with the, there's pronunciation, Dolph Luque. Luque. Yeah. Okay. To, uh-huh. uh, to, you know, 
obviously Tony Perez in, in the Big Red Machine era, and then you know obviously Rolls Chapman and now. So it's it's yeah, pretty it's, cool. He actually pitched in Game 3 and Game 7 of the 1919 World Series. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, both losses for the Reds. Oh, yeah, it was a nine-game series. Nine-game series, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's why. That explains that's it. Yeah. 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 We were sitting here wondering why you lost, how they lost Game 7 and still won the title. That's why. <laughs> yes, so in Lowell Likely, with the White Sox, uh, you know, the, he pitched in the games that the White Sox didn't throw. Right. So, so more power to him. Yes, and, how do they throw a, like, how do they throw the series went to nine games? They just suck at throwing. Well, you gotta, you gotta, you know, keep them honest, and of course, maybe there were over unders involved in, you know, uh, mm-hmm. parlor bets that involved how many games will it go, uh, yeah. how many pitchers many will be used, right? Yeah. Will Arnold Rothstein show up uh, before or after an appearance on uh, Boardwalk Empire? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and if you actually looking at his uh, career line in the postseason, he ended up. And not not only with the Reds, but he pitched with the New York Giants in uh, 1933 World Series. But to- total, he, he nine and a third innings, no runs, two walks, eleven strikeouts for Dolph Luque, which that's that's amazing. That's that's clutch. What a guy! That's yeah. a Homer Bailey start right there. That's uh, oh, uh, too soon, man. He he was the bullpen, so he didn't have his. Uh, Homer could have used him today. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we we posted something on Twitter um, for you, the listener, to um, to send us a question, and we will answer it on the air. So um, let's let's start here with Steve McBarks. Steve McBarks asked, "What's the deal with airline food?" Asher, what what is your uh, take on airline food, man? I here here's the thing. I know he's being facetious with this uh, Jerry Seinfeld joke as a question. Yeah, but you know what? Let's answer his question honestly. What's the deal with airline food? Well, you got to deal with the lowest common denominator again to use that like, pretty awful phrase because you can't have like fancy food on an airline because people are going. You know, it's not going to taste right. Someone doesn't want you know broccoli. Right. It's going to got to deal with everyone. And right. actually, one time. Uh, uh, tell an airline food story here. I took a flight on an Indian airline, and because they're an Indian airline, they served Indian food on the flight, um, which was basically like those Trader Joe's like three dollar frozen meals. But it was really good. So Steve McBarks, that's the deal with airline food. You're just flying the wrong airlines. There you go, flying to the wrong places. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't even going to India. I just happened to be an Indian air flight. Yeah, it's... I think I was going to like New York. Oh. That's that's weird. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually the Nova Scotia, uh, you know, uh, LaGuardia shuttle on uh, Air Delhi. Yeah, yeah, that 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 works, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I can't say I've been on too many flights that have uh, required food. airline food, other than you know the standard snack, and you know it's it's a lot now. Normally they just do drinks. Um, but I will say, when I was like, I was maybe seven or eight years old, I flew uh, to Disney World for vacation, and I got McDonald's because I was like seven years old. You at that time, on their Chicago to Orlando route, they um, they served McDonald's food if you're a kid. Oh, that's just the worst so, you if know you're what? anybody else on that flight. Because if there's something that I absolutely hate, <laughs> it's people bringing fast food onto an airline. Because that stuff is just going to reek. You're going to smell like fly oil, fry oil for the next two and a half hours. I was seven. I didn't give it crap. Well. I it, it was like the best day ever for me at that point. So, yeah. I actually, I think I had the same sort of experience on a flight to like Orlando, something visiting the grandparents. I remember... Because I was a super picky eater, and the burger they gave had everything on it. And oh, I yeah. I threw a fit. Oh. Uh, that was not a proud moment. Oh, but, man. Uh, so even, even the uh, the McDonald's wasn't good enough at that point, huh? Yeah, well, I just didn't want any flavor of McDonald's. I just wanted my, like, seat, my whatever, like, rat the, patty and my... The plain... Tweaky bun. Right. All right, next question. 
I, I, I yeah, I very hope that Steve McBarks is happy with our answer here. And if yeah, he isn't, he knows who to complain to. Hopefully you'll remember. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully he listens to this because we'll see. Yeah, he'll get a good unfollow. <laughs> Next, uh, next on the list is from Brian Herzog, B. Herzog, 2010. Who was responsible for getting Chapman to throw something besides a fastball? Well, is this going to be a metaphysical question, or is it? Uh, is I would there are a say, couple ways that we can go about this. I would say Brian Price has. Uh, well, he has the initial. It's kind of his his forte, right? Yeah, but you know, it's also bit. catchers that kind of uh, tell them to throw. You it's know, true. Fastball or the it's true. Right. Ryan Hannigan is the one calling the pitches at that point, right? But very well. On that note, a role as Chapman maybe shaking off the breaking stuff. Maybe he doesn't have the yeah. proper control. You don't. You don't. And and yeah, that you could very easily answer that Chapman should be responsible for having Chapman throw that because you know if he's if all he wants to do is throw fastballs, then what's going to happen to him? What happened to him today is going to keep happening to him. Mm -hmm. So, and if there's a question in terms of who gets the blame for something, the blame obviously lies on one person and one person alone, and that's Brooke Jacoby. <laughs> uh, you know, people are going to find a way to blame Dusty Baker for uh, for Chapman throwing fastballs today. Oh no, they already yeah. have. I've seen Twitter today. Yeah, it's sure. a black hole. It's out there. You can track down those. Yeah, yeah, it's weird because his slider is awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. He that's his out pitch. I mean, he ended the that game the other day on a slider that was just absolutely filthy. It's it's. I don't get it. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe Mario Soto should be responsible for uh, teaching him how to throw a changeup. Because wasn't he working on a changeup at one point? Yes, yeah, he yeah, was. Like that a was and a that was good. Like, like that was happened. that was like, getting he was better. Really good at starting games. I don't yeah. Know what the... I don't know. Is Dolph Luque still alive? He's not. Still no, he is not. He was born in 1890, so he. Uh, we're, and, back, we're back to Dolph Luque. Yeah. Something. Well, he was Cuban. Maybe he could relate to him a little bit more. But oh, yeah, uh, we could <laughs> we could we could blame Dolph Luque for. Uh, for Chapman not throwing fastball? We can blame Doff Luque for not being around for 120 years to teach Aroldis Chapman how to properly throw an off-speed <laughs> Doff Luque was the pride of Havana, according to BaseballReference.com. Yep. Fun fact. I thought that was that. rum. Or cigars. I, cigars are the pride of Havana. Generally. I think Castro is the pride of Havana. Maybe they didn't invent cigars yet in 1890. I think there are some lions that also classify as the pride of Havana in the Havana Zoo, too. So. Oh, Different meanings. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're we not going to touch the hundred duck-sized horses or horse-sized duck. That was. I was wondering. I was going to see if we should do if, we, if we should do that one next or uh, if we should do that one last. I don't know. Well, what are some of the other ones besides the porn bots? Oh, never mind. That's just Joel Luckup. Uh, <laughs> why is Joel Luckup propositioning us on Twitter? Well, you read his forward, care. didn't you? I did. It's raunchy. Yeah, you guys got you guys got to grab that book, man. It's yeah, or bad things will happen to people. Also, there's another SB Nation website. Yeah, there is that also is using RR podcast as their hashtag. Oh so no! I care about Sunderland football. Oh no! Oh, shade is being thrown. <laughs> well, their season ended today, so we are officially taking it over. I feel like yeah. unless unless uh, the listeners have a better suggestion. If you would so like to have our podcast re renamed, or if you would like to uh, become a sponsor of the Red Reporter podcast, whether yeah. it be uh, providing us, uh, you know, just say, you know, improved listening materials or recording materials, or heck, even some alcohol, you know, we will would yeah. not be remiss that in uh, that wouldn't hurt. You know, declining uh, declining that. So yeah, absolutely. In fact, we may be even uh, able to call this. Uh, section uh, of the uh, podcast a sponsorship opportunity yeah so we can you know call this the mailbag or the fun bag fun bag <laughs> i don't i don't i don't know if i want to call it the fun bag the hashtag rr fun bag would be uh... <laughs> yeah so all right yeah tweet us your suggestions as far as uh what our hashtag should be for the podcast because this is our first one <laughs> Um, but tweet those hashtag suggestions under hashtag RRFunBag. 
Perfect. I like yes, it. The Red Reporter fun bag. I'm just, googling just Cincinnati fun check. bag. Oh. And uh, uh, yeah. Make sure to turn the safe search on. So, so are, are we okay? Should we just rename the whole site to Cincinnati Fun Bag? <laughs> because we that might, that might not be a, a horrible idea. I think that's already taken. We may need to change it to, again to Blast Clowns. Um, Blast Clowns. So uh, let's let's tackle this uh, final question here from Adam Porter. Hey His, Porter. His uh, Twitter name is Hey Look a Turtle. There's, there's a turtle. Look at it. And Adam asks, would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? Asher, what do you think? Um, I'm going to go duck-sized horses because ducks can fly and that'd be an uh, extreme disadvantage for my... I'm more of like a on-the-floor fighting style sort of guy and uh, the duck would really be able to... Yeah, you know, like I I see exactly where you're coming from, yeah. and I you're like, like like you. I'm about the same uh, height as you are, and you're like Kale you have to, without the uh, money laundering. <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to kind of uh, when you're at a height disadvantage, you have to kind of. Listen, we're average sized people. We are, we are, but but red. Here, here's the thing: we are, but red reporter in general skews tall, which is is really weird. Like if I, I guarantee people out in podcast land, if you come to a Red Reporter outing and you're under six feet tall, you will get made fun of for being short. Which so go ahead and show up to one of our outings. Right, you're if you're under six feet tall, we'd love to have you. This means if you're reading through the lines or listening through the lines that if you're tall and come to a podcast beat up, there will be people to make fun of. So this is this is true. If you if you like making fun of shorter people than you, come to Red Reporter <laughs> meetups. All right, so um, I guess let's. Uh, I I will agree with Asher on this point. Scott, do you have anything to add? I really don't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. I mean, I I would take the uh, the opposite approach. I'd much rather have one horse sized duck. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, one horse sized duck. Because no. Yeah, that's the opposite approach. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Because ducks are pretty dumb. Yeah. <laughs> So you think it would just lose interest in uh Absolutely, it just lose interest and it'll want to go swimming. It would go find a pond. Yeah, I'd go find a pond. And not fuck with you anymore? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. That might be a little less aggressive, too. Yeah. The duck may, the horse-sized duck may be less uh, likely to try and fight you. So, okay, let's let's uh, switch gears a little bit. Let's look ahead. Um, the Reds' next series is the last one of the road trip um, in New York. Where they go take on the Mets. It's uh, Monday through Wednesday here, and right now the Reds are four and two on this road trip, which is you know it's an East Coast swing. You have to take into account that three of these games so far have been against the Marlins. Um, the Mets aren't necessarily very good either. Um, what are we expecting in this series? What do you think? Well, the Reds as a part, the Mets as a whole, you're right, aren't a very good team, but they're. Facing Matt Harvey on one of those uh, Wednesday. On Wednesday, Wednesday we see Matt Harvey. So that's going to be that, you know first time around with a pitcher, you know like Harvey. That's going to be difficult. Uh, so you know I would be happy taking two out of three and then just you know yeah. getting your getaway day pools, uh, you know, uh, get them an opportunity to uh, try to yeah. make something of them. Just gonna try to get here by rumination. I mean to say, okay, so the three games, Monday, it's Cueto facing Sean Markham, who is not good and never really was. Uh, after that, League versus Nice, the kind of whatever matchup, but Wednesday, Latos, guys, take on right. Harvey. Right, so and that's, that's, that's the thing that I was going to bring up is, yeah. you know, when you we do have to face Matt Harvey, yeah, but, you know, I at this point in time, I'm not sure the Reds have a pitcher that I would want going in this series other than... Matt Latos, who's been pitching really well lately. Yeah, if Latos can go nine innings. Yeah. Because at this point, you almost need yeah, him to go nine it, innings it'll, to have... Uh, it'll be interesting to uh, see good. what happens with the Aroldis Chapman here. You know, if Because this is two in a row for him. You know, if he is kind of in the middle of a blowing, blowing every game funk, 
you know, you you really don't want to have to deal with that. And we do not want game like that. Yeah, we so, don't want a world as Chapman to continually show up in our fun bag. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> but I don't I don't want to hear much more questions questioning our oldest Chapman at this point. We we want him to be I mean, he's gotta be the rock of the rotation or the bullpen, right? Mm-hmm. So Well if he's not gonna be the rock of the rotation, I guess yeah, <laughs> he, he might as well be, be the rock, the rock of the bullpen. bullpen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um and then after that we start a homestand um against the Cubs. Yeah, we have the Cubs over the weekend next weekend. Which would be fun. Yeah. Nice way to pick up three games. <laughs> that's uh, it's that's the, the Cubs. It's the Cubs in Cincinnati. So oh. hopefully, hopefully, no uh, local establishments will try to run any advertisements calling it Wrigley South, which I didn't appreciate last time, last yeah. year when that happened. Yeah, I think there are a lot of strong opinions thrown out about that. <laughs> if I remember correctly, but uh, yeah. I, don't know, I mean, the Mets series, like the Mets are. Like, they're not a good team. Okay, Matt Harvey's good. David Wright's good. Uh, right. But, I mean, they're gainfully employing Justin Turner and Latroy Hawkins, so I'm not Red's, totally Red's draftee Justin Turner, if you recall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah former Red's utility infield prospect of Justin Turner. Right. Um, and Rick and Hawkins. going to be awesome, guys. Yeah. Do you remember, do you remember who uh, Justin Turner was traded for? Justin Adam Rosales? No nope. I, I, I think Adam without, without looking it up, without right looking answer. it up, I'll buy you a beer if you can tell me. I believe he went in the Ryan Friel trade. If I'm wrong, I owe Justin Turner Overdrive. Here. Well, no, not, I don't think that's like Russ Not Russ Ortiz. That's way too. I think he was in the um, the Ryan. Oh, shit, you're right. Ryan Friel to the uh, Orioles trade. Right? Yeah, with Brandon Waring, who never seemed to make it out of... Oh, that's... Yeah. That's disappointing. I, I really like Brandon Waring oh, as a prospect, too. Uh, Yeah, traded uh, freely and Waring for uh, Ramon. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, he was traded with Freel. With Freel. Yeah. Right. For Ramon Hernandez. Yep. Well, yeah. That worked out. I think uh, so. I, yeah. We get we got the better part of that deal. We won that trade. Yes, we did. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I mean, Justin Turner is playing a part in the team, not too optimistic. Right. And I, yeah. And I, I think uh, the the thing that always gets brought up when you mention the Mets is that uh, their two highest paid outfielders this year are Bobby Bonilla, Bobby Bonilla, and Jason Bay. Which Bobby Bo hasn't played. In quite some time, I actually, Jason play, Jason Bay plays for Seattle. I think right now Rick Ankiel has joined that Legion. Now. Oh, is he? He's not. Is he, he? He's on. I know they picked up Rick Ankiel, but what's he getting paid? He, there's there's no way. There's no way that he's making more money than Bobby Bonilla, who hasn't played in a decade. I don't think so. Uh, let's see here. They picked him up off of uh, off the scrap heap there. Well, of course they did. He, was playing. he is a Boris client. Rick Ankiel is making $0.75 million in the majors. That's decent change, and that's still probably, what, the third highest paid outfielder, though? Probably, yeah. Probably. Yeah. He's, yeah. So, well, you don't give your money in a Ponzi scheme if you can help it. Yeah. All right, so um, I, I think that's... You know, we're, let's look ahead. Well, hopefully, the Reds will be able to uh, to win that series against the Mets. And Wednesday's game sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I I'm disappointed that that's a day game, so I won't be able to watch it because I'll be working. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's a day game. You'll oh. get that one. I can spend my last night in the Netherlands watching that game, which I'll probably end up doing, which is totally not anything I should be judged for. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Right, right. Huh? We've judged yeah, people for worse. All right. Uh, yeah. So, cool, dudes. I, I was. Uh, I think this went moderately well for our yeah. first time around, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. I think we did a good job. We're still recording, yeah. and uh, yeah. yeah. So as yeah. far as we know, there haven't haven't been any uh, technical issues that need to be worked out. So yeah, if there is, we'll just 
scratch out this part and uh, include an apology for the technical issues. Right. You know, either way. Yeah, we'll just record Has anyone it. made a joke yet how the winning pitcher for the Phillies was a bastardo? Can we... I, I made sure to... Uh, like mention it in the Phillies preview. We're let's wrap this up. Um, we're gonna try to do this weekly. Um, we're not sure when these are gonna come out, so keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. We're, we're, it's gonna try to be consistent once we get a recording schedule down, where a lot of people can make it. Um, you know, this time was kind of. We were hoping to have a couple more uh, people on with us, but. You know, the, the technical part of it didn't really happen the way we expected it to. In solidarity with our um, higher-ups, we are also having technical difficulties. Exactly, there. exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're, like, like SB Nation, we're working the kinks out as we go. So. They're um, still going to fire us. I don't know what the line is, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks for uh, taking time out of your... Late, late. We night. don't even know when this is going. Yeah, what, what time? Yeah. What time is it in uh, in Holland? It's it's two twenty. Two twenty in the morning. Good yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our apologies for keeping you up. I and, mean, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't do it if I didn't like it. Uh, I I appreciate that. So, uh, for for Scott um, BK, this has been uh, the first Red Reporter podcast. Take it easy, guys.